everyone. Welcome to Semester 3, Episode 9 of our Just Admitted podcast, where former deans and directors of admissions give expert insight into the complex admissions landscape. I'm Christine, a former assistant director of admission at Yale and Georgetown. And joining me today are my friends and colleagues, Lorenza and Nikki, who are executive functioning coaches at Ivy Weiss. In this episode, we are going to discuss how middle schoolers can get ready for the transition to high school. I am so excited um, that we're here for this conversation, partly because I also have a middle schooler as well. I have a ninth grader, and I know that Lorenza, Nikki, you both have worked with students, um, you know, at this age and help them transition. So um, I think this is going to be a really helpful discussion. So um, just to kind of you know, just um, bring us into this conversation. Lorenza, Nikki, from your perspective, um, you know, working with students, what would be like kind of your top one or two most important tips that you want to share with middle schoolers and maybe their parents who are listening to this episode as well to prepare for this transition? Um, Well, I'm a parent of a middle schooler as well that just um, graduated from middle school and came into freshman year in high school. So this is very fresh in my mind in terms of um, how, you know, all the skills that he now has to apply that are really, really great to just get ready for when you're in middle school and haven't transitioned into high school yet. So I think the one or two things that I would really suggest is first to really work on their study skills. Um, how to take notes in class. Um, don't just like bring the bring the notebooks just, you know, when they're just in your backpack and you're not using them, but actually take notes in class and take organized notes in class. Have um, a ha- highlighter where you can highlight, you know, what the what the subject is that they're talking about. Um, annotating while you're reading is really, really important to um, to highlight and as you're reading and to take notes on the margin and also reading with intention um, because, you know, sometimes you have to write an essay and you already know um, what the topic of the essay will be. So if you can read with the intentions of getting evidence and quotes for that essay, it just makes it so much more valuable. Um, so besides study skills and sharpening those study skills, which is really important, I really think it's also really, really critical to that students can learn how to manage their time. Um, how to manage your time has to do more with like creating a Google calendar for, for your week so that you can identify pockets of time and how much time you have to do work every day. So in that Google calendar, you have the time that you're at school, your free periods, and then you have all your extracurricular activities, you know, your guitar lessons and your tennis lessons and everything else. And then I like to color code in, in a, in a specific color, all the time that they actually have available to do work. Um, I also like them to do like a weekly calendar where you can see the week, the the homework for each class and then estimate how long that homework is going to take so that they can see where they can fit that within their pockets of time in a calendar. Any thoughts on your end, Nikki? Yeah, so absolutely all of that. As you transition from middle school to high school, there is going to be an increase in what you're asked to do academically. I think it's also important for students and parents to keep in mind that the social part of that transition can also be really impactful. And so part of that is going to be learning when to advocate for yourself, when to lean on supports, and also how to become more independent. Um, You know, making your own calendar, making your own schedule. And part of that too, that I think is really crucial in this transition is self-care and sleep hygiene and really learning how to take care of yourself, plan for yourself and find that balance. Yeah, I know. It's funny that um, maybe 
Um, it's a nice coincidence. I actually had a parent teacher conference uh, with our middle schoolers teacher and my middle schooler and my seventh grader as well. I feel like these are exactly the points that we were discussing um, even during that conversation with the teacher and my my student um, involved as well. Um, even just going back to Lorenzo, your uh, first point about um, study skills, um, something that we discussed with the teacher and with my my daughter and is learning how to take um, notes well. It's it's actually like a skill, and then you can practice that. You know, her teacher suggested, for instance. Um, maybe doing note cards that she's taking. Um, I think for the science unit, they're studying the human body and there's just a lot to memorize. And that's one of the things that my middle schooler said, well, you know, the difference between lower school and middle school, um, elementary school and middle school is that the one is just more content and it's just faster pace um, in terms of covering the content in elementary school. Maybe the teacher will say, oh, you might have an exam. It will give you a week in middle school. They don't have that kind of heads up and then all the time in class built in for you to kind of do work and et cetera. So she really had to, you know, the volume of learning the human body parts or whatever is just a lot. So learning how to take notes well, you know, um, jot down ideas, sometimes just the repetition of handwriting. I know it sounds so old school <laughs> to write notes like with by your hand because everybody uses the computer mm-hmm. to type out their notes these days. But just kind of I see her using note cards and the school is kind of reinforcing that as well. So learning how to take notes, um, you know, different ways for different classes, you know, biology, a biology unit in seventh grade is going to be very different than let's say a math unit or history unit and kind of learning how to do um, those things. Um, and certainly, again, just sorry, but my personal reflections, because it may be coming from this parent teacher student conference here at that time management, it was just, I mean, so right on point too. We spent so much time talking about the, the schedule balance. How do you look ahead to the assignments? How do you organize your calendar? How do you break down your tasks? I know that as executive functioning coaches that you probably spend a lot of time, you know, kind of a detailed breakdown, right, of uh, assignments and whatnot with students. And that then also impact your sleep, um, Nikki, that you brought up. I know that's a very important issue um, in your work that when you work with students, um, their sleep hygiene, if because if you're disorganized, you know what's going on, everything takes longer, then you're going to sleep really late, that's going to impact the next day. And it's just this cycle that, you know, continues and continues. Um, so just thinking out loud here then, um, are there any, like, I mean, just kind of these points about like, um, Lorenzo, you did mention some helpful, you know, schedule tips. And so, and Nikki too, you know, any like specific tips for students, like how do you, what you have found to be helpful in terms of taking, like taking good notes, um, reading with intention, um, or, you know, the, uh, Lorenzo, you mentioned the calendar, anything um other tips for students and any apps or other systems that students could use um, to, um, you know, to be more uh, better with time management. Um, I know, Lawrence, in the past, you've mentioned like just even students like estimating how long it takes to do something. Could you, you know, could you to speak more to kind of specific skills that students could do to really help them in different ways to be better, like kind of the technical tools to be better at time managing or taking notes from your perspective? Yes, of course. Um, I think the Google Calendar is really good just in terms of seeing your week, um, you know, week to week, what activities you have and what are those pockets of time? Because, you know, sometimes you have four or five hours that you don't realize that you really have. So when you estimate how much time the homework is going to take you, it's probably going to take you two hours. So it's very easy to fit that in. Yet sometimes a student just feels overwhelmed by the amount of homework that they have, but they actually, it's very manageable 
eligible to fit in the amount of 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 time that they have on their on their on their day to day calendar. Um, so I think it's really important to um, the Google Calendar is is great for just like laying out your week. And then what I do is like in Google Sheets, I create um, a matrix where the the columns are the days of the week and the rows are each class. And so basically um, on Sunday night or in Sunday morning, you can look at what's posted on Schoology or whatever system they use to post homework and and see what's what's coming up for the week. So you put in each cell, depending on the day and the and the class, you say, okay, so this homework is due this day. And then if something is due, let's say on Thursday, then you break it down between Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, so that you complete it by Thursday. So for example, um, and you also have to pay attention to the work that's coming up, let's say on Friday, um, when it's when it's Sunday and you can plan ahead for the whole week. So for example, my son has, um, they're reading a book in English class and they say you should be on page 295 by Friday. So then what does that mean? So then in this, in this matrix, you put on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, how many, how many pages you have to read each day so that you can be by page 295 by Friday. So if you break it down into into smaller pieces by looking ahead of what's coming up, it's really, really helpful. And then once you put every, something in a cell, you say, this is how much time this is going to take me. Um, and then you add up the time for the day. So for let's say that Monday you have to do reading and you also have to do math homework. And instead of, of stressing about what's coming up in the week, you just focus on that day. And you say, okay, Monday, I know I have two and a half hours of homework. And I'm not going to worry about Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because it's already planned out. I'm just going to focus on Monday and I'm going to get all the work done that I need to get um, done on Monday. Um, another tip is if there's essays that are coming up, it's really a good idea to try to finish the essay about like three, three days in advance. So you can turn it into the teacher and make sure that you're on the right track so that you still have three days to do edits and polish the essay um, so that it's, um, you know, so that you can do as well as possible in that essay. Also, when you're studying for exams, let's say that you have a big exam in history or uh, biology that maybe has like five sections, you can break it down into like Monday, I'll do section one and do notes for that section. And then Tuesday, I'll do section two. So that that way you're not cramming every um, every last bit of information into the last day before the exam, but you have time to absorb the material and ask questions in case you're not clear on, on, on something. Yeah, those are some great tips on that time management piece. Um, and I think all of those can be really helpful. I think when it comes to studying and figuring out how to study effectively and thoroughly, uh, one of the first things I always recommend to my students is figuring out what kind of a processor they are and how they best learn. Um, some students are more visual or auditory or kinesthetic, and these different learning styles impact how certain types of studying can help us. So. If you have a student who is a really visual learner, then, you know, looking over notes that they've already written, looking over old lectures is really helpful. And then if you're more kinesthetic, things like flashcards, pacing around the room while someone quizzes you. And so as you're transitioning from middle school to high school and there is much more of this content, you're going to need to be more efficient and more effective in your studying. And so figuring out what does work for you, what doesn't work as well, and then doing what works more. Um, and sometimes it's even, you know, studying in multiple different ways. So if you're taking notes in a textbook, highlighting taking notes in the margin, and then maybe also 
talking out loud and recapping what you've learned to someone else or saying it and recording it to play back to yourself if you're auditory or writing down separate notes. And so you could even Google all these different strategies for different types of learning styles, take online learning style tests. And then once you know yourself better, your studying can really be much easier when you're in high school because we don't want to make it harder than it has to be. Yeah, that's a really good point about different types of style learning. I had a conversation with um, a teacher over, um, I mean, I guess we're still technically in a pandemic, but, you know, kind of just the um, the different type of schooling that we had to do. And one of the things that because we were so out of our conventional you know, settings, that one of the things that the teacher discovered was that certain students needed to move around. You know, we don't all learn a certain way. Some students, you can sit for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour, being very focused and just positive. Other students are not. And it's not necessarily, you know, um, it might not even be a learning um, challenge issue, but it's just different ways to learn that you might learn better to walk around. And she, uh, the teacher discovered for one of her students that the student was better at memorizing, like, you know, the state by actually kind of walking around the room and kind of talking out loud. So it's um, just paying attention to kind of how you learn or how your child learns. Um, sometimes these tweaks, it, because it's not a one size fit all, you know, um, approach that you, everybody has to take notes in a certain way. Um, but, and middle school, which is why middle school is a great time to do that. Um, again, I'm, I'm putting on my um, great, you know, executive functioning colleagues here. I put on my college admissions hat here <laughs> to say that <laughs> middle school doesn't matter in the sense for college admission that your grades for middle school don't show up for your college application, but middle school um, does matter because all these great habits and things that you're, the trial and error of learning how you learn and how to take notes and how to manage your time will then give you that foundation to do well and to thrive and excel in high school. So they can really hit the ground running um, when they start ninth grade, when grades and courses and, and activities at high school level will matter in the college admissions process. Um, so, yeah, so I think, I mean, these are such good um, insights that you you have and you have shared. Um, Nikki, picking up on something that you shared earlier about kind of the social um, relational side, could you say a little bit more about, you know, how that's such an important component as well for students to focus on and develop um, through the middle school years? Yeah, absolutely. So as as students are entering high school, a lot of relationship dynamics are going to change and shift. And so those will be, you know, of course, relationships with your parents as you're starting to be a little more independent, but also it's going to be very different with teachers and with peers. And so in middle school, a lot of teachers are more flexible. If you miss a deadline, if you miss a homework, you know, something doesn't work in class. And as you get to high school, generally, they're they're a little bit less accommodating with that as the expectations change. And so middle school is a great time to start practicing. Okay, I don't understand an assignment. How can I communicate with my teacher to figure out what I'm missing in a way that's respectful, in a way that they'll want to help me. And so in middle school, it's a great time for parents to be helping students to figure that out by teaching, you know, how do I send an email in a way that is polite and good, respectful and kind and also direct, right? We don't want to waste people's time also. Mm -hmm. And so there's the email part, verbal communication, and then also, right, 
when do you reach out for support from teachers, but also when do you need to figure some things out for yourself changes? So if you don't understand material, is it time to ask a friend first? Could you do more research? Did you miss a reading and you need to go back and do that? And all of these skills will impact those relationships, which ultimately help you succeed in high school. And of course, you know, when it comes time for college applications, you really want those relationships with teachers to be strong for recommendations. Absolutely. Yeah. Any thoughts on that end, Lorenzo? Yes, I think it's really, really important to learn how to communicate effectively on email. Like, for example, my son, who's now in high school, um, sometimes, you know, you have to I have to help him realize that the teachers don't want to receive three emails from him the same day. So, you know, how to write an email that is comprehensive and that has all the points that you wanted to touch upon instead of sending three separate emails, how to make them easier to read. So in the beginning, he was like writing an email in one block. So it was just like one paragraph that had everything, right? So I was like, okay, no, you need to break it down so that it's easier on the eye so that the teacher can read it more easily. And, uh, you know, and how are you polite and how are you direct? How do you thank them for the work that they're doing? How do you make it likely that they're going to be willing to work with you? So I think it's really important. It's really also important to visit teachers in office hours and establish a relationship with them. Um, sometimes I feel like teachers remember really, really well the, te- the students that came to office hours and actually asked them questions. Um, So sometimes, I mean, when I work with students who um, you know, who feel that it's out of the comfort zone to go and visit the teacher. We do a chart and we say, okay, when was the last time that I spoke to this teacher? What did we talk about? You know, it's been two weeks since we talked. So, um, you know, let's figure out a plan of when I can talk to, to the teacher and what I can say. So sometimes by giving students um, that heads up of, you know, this is what I can say so that they can have a plan of what to say, it makes it easier for them to go and see them and establish a relationship with them. So I think... That's also um, good advice to have an idea of what you want to talk about to the teacher instead of trying to come up on the spot with something to say um, to the teacher in case you haven't seen the teacher for a long time. That's it. Yeah. Go ahead, Nikki. Uh, I was going to say, I love that idea of coming in prepared um, so you can feel more confident and sort of not over explaining. And I also think thinking about email, this is a great opportunity for parents listening to practice you know, scaffolding these skills for your for your kids. So eighth grade, looking at these emails, sitting down and showing them how you would write the email. And then maybe a month later, the next email that needs to happen, they do a draft, you look it over with them until eventually they're able to be really effective in that communication on their own before high school even starts. I, I cannot, um, I mean, just picking up an email thing, uh, but also uh, Lawrence's point about office hours, the email thing is huge. And, you know, all of us as um, professionals and educators, you know, we get emails where you're like, mm, you know, <laughs> and I, you, you kind of, you, you take that moment and say like, okay, I know the student didn't mean it and they're busy and they're just dashing off. But just even saying like, dear, like Miss Nikki or like, um, you know, hi, Christine, you know, um, is Instead of, you know, just kind of, it's it just the tone, little things like that. Um, so the, I love the idea of scaffolding where parents could help students to, you know, do that first one together and then, you know, allow the student to do it, take a look. But, you know, eventually the idea is that the scaffolding will get taken away, that they could just do it on their own, it become second nature, that when you are addressing an adult, but just even peers as well, there's, a, you know, a, a salutation <laughs> <laughs> a greeting, you know, um, hello, hope you're weak as well. And it just, um, 
that really sets the tone um, as well. And um, and thinking about Lorenz's point about the office hour, I, I have a, another child um, who's a little bit younger, but we had the same conversation about office hour. And she's coming from a perspective of, and I'm sure that a lot of students um, feel that way too, is like, well, I don't have any questions. Like, I, I don't need any help. Oh, I'm shy. I don't know what to say. And it's awkward. They're busy. Like, they don't want to talk to me. And I, and I try to get my student to think that, you know, um, one is if they have office hours, they blocked out that time for students. And so teachers, yes, they might appreciate a little bit extra time to do an email, but they are expecting students to come. They don't feel bothered. And especially in middle school, when this, again, this is a difference maybe between middle school and high school, where, you know, it may be not the right thing for, you know, um, as a high school a junior, 11th grader to come in and have nothing to say and just kind of, but it's more okay because, you know, if you're a sixth grader or seventh grader, or even eighth grader, you're still developing. So teachers understand that this is your own kind of stepping maybe outside of your comfort zone, figuring out how this office hour thing works and what kind of question. So they're more um, forgiving in that sense or more understanding of if you don't know the right things to say, maybe you're fumbling for our topics, um, but do come prepare. Like think about a couple of topics or questions. Um, it doesn't have to be like, I didn't get it this assignment, but more like, oh, I found this, you know, thing that we talked about, you know, medieval history, really interesting. And I'm wondering, like, I was actually thinking about this, you know, just have things prepare so that you do have some content uh, to speak with the teacher. So it's really just this practice more than anything. I know that some students are much more naturally like great speakers or just like more, um, you know, but for the vast majority of people out there, myself included, I feel like a lot of this is through practice. And the more you do, the more it becomes natural, even though inside on the inside, you're like, oh my gosh, I feel so awkward to, you know, kind of talk to this teacher and I, you know, don't have anything like, I don't have a real question, you know, since. Yes, I agree. I think it's really important to um, come prepared and come. I mean, for example, like my son um, thought that a grade that he had on one of the essays in class essays was um, not fair. Like he thought that he should have a, a higher grade. So I said, like, OK, so when you go to your teacher, you have to be respectful that, you know, this is what your teacher thinks that you got. And but, you know, how could you have written it better? Can you rewrite and can you point out to what you wrote and why you think um you know, you should have gotten a better grade and then also make a version of what it would be if it looked correctly so that so that the teacher can see that you put in the work ahead of time before meeting with them. Or, for example, like if you're going to miss the class, don't say to the teacher, oh, I came to office hours so that you can tell me what we're going to be covering in class because I'm mm -hmm. going to be gone. The best thing is like to try to get the material from a friend or from the notes and then do it on your own and then go to questions of questions that you didn't understand so that the teacher doesn't feel that you're putting all the work on them, but that you're actually doing the work and they're more of a collaborator in that instead of feeding you everything, um, you know, like a spoon face, spoon feed you everything. So I think it's, it's also good when you go to office hours, be prepared in that way as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all those are so important. And and I think and Nikki mentioned this, that that it's, it builds up to the recommendation uh, at the end, right? So, I mean, again, I don't want to be so like, you know, uh, focused on the college application process, but it's just generally good skills to be um, able to interact with, um, you know, adults um, in college, you will have professors in work, you will have bosses, and, you know, just that it, it just continues. Um, but it is definitely a good practice to build 
you know, relationship with not necessarily your peers. This is more like kind of someone in authority um, or someone who's over you, um, who's supervising you in some capacity mentor uh, to, to be able to know how to build relationship. And certainly these are skills that could be learned and practiced. And so middle school is a great time to, you know, kind of when things are pretty, you know, low risk, risk-free, you know, to, to really dive in um, and get started. In terms of, um, I know that you guys, um, I mean, you work with students. Um, what are some other, like, you know, kind of top thing, like in terms of maybe organizational um, aspects or, um, I know we were talking about time management, thinking about activities, um, any sort of advice or just kind of, you know, big trends um, that you notice working with middle school students and how they can think about these big pockets um, of their lives as they prepare for high school? Um, yeah, I think one of the things that it's really important to also be improved at when you're in middle school is how to learn how to learn to take to like keep track of your papers and materials for each class. I think a lot of the kids are very disorganized in terms of where they write their notes. Sometimes the binder looks like it's going to explode. Sometimes the backpack <laughs> has um, it's an exploding back and ex- backpack and exploding locker. There are papers all over the place that are not in folders. Um, you know, the midterm comes along and they have no material to study from because they can't find anything and you know papers are everywhere so I think middle school is a really really good time to learn a system so that you can keep all your papers organized so the way I like to work with students is we have like a color-coded system for each class so it's like a separate notebook um, with a separate colored fold like with the same colored folder for each class Um, it's really important to have a a clutter-free desk space where you can really um, you know, feel that that part is organized. And I, I usually have the book, the, the backpack mm-hmm. on a chair right next to them so that, you know, they do the work and they, af- right after they do it, they submit it and they put it again in the backpack so that there's nothing that, oh, I left my book or I left my notebook. So everything is right there, the, the backpack and the clutter-free desk and the materials. Um, one of the things that really works for us is a storage binder for older materials. So whenever we're done with a unit in math, um, you, you know, so that the folders are not like filled to the brim, you take that out of the folder once you're done with a test and then you put it in a binder so that that's your storage binder. So when the midterm comes along, all your tests for the quarters are right there. So you can easily access those study materials instead of um, trying to look for them, you know, two months after. Um, I also think it's really important to have a workspace where you can post a school calendar so you know what days you have school what days are free when you have vacation and then also what the rotation is for the days um so if you have an a day b day d D day you can look ahead until you know what's going to be tomorrow what classes do i have can i make sure that all of those classes are in my backpack and that i have done the work for each of those classes so i think that is that is key to have those elements and it's key to really learn how to keep track of all those materials um, while you're in middle school before you go to high school because like the expectations are going to be much higher and you're going to have to be running. So if you have these systems in place, that's really, really good. That'll be, that'll really help you in the long run. Yeah. That physical organization makes such a big difference in a way that I think not everyone even recognizes, but even just having a clear workspace frees up your brain from all of that extra, you know, stimulation or just anything else that's going on to be able to focus And I know I've mentioned before the importance of having that organization extend to email and to phone calls and to texts, right? When we have so many unread emails, it's so hard to stay organized. 
And that piece is always incredibly important. And I also often with middle schoolers will recommend as they are adjusting to all of this time management and all of these moving pieces to have someone who can help hold them accountable a little bit. Um, so not necessarily guiding them through it or telling them what to do, but to just be able to say to mom, to dad, to brother, um, here is my plan for the day. I am telling you that this is what my plan is. And if I don't do it, you know that I haven't done it. And sometimes that little extra outside pressure can help us stay on track with that time management. Absolutely. I think those are so important. It's funny, like Lorenzo, you mentioned about the, the paper explosion. Literally, that was a comment from my seventh grader this morning. She said at the end of sixth grade, it, it was a paper explosion, just paper everywhere <laughs> in her room and her backpack. Um, so for sure, like these little organization just moving toward like a color coordinated. I mean, it's, it sounds like, oh, well, really just that? Yes. Just having like different <laughs> color system could really um, be absolutely helpful um, as well. So all these are really, um, really great tip. Any thoughts on um, extracurricular um, activities? That's another um, thing that, I, again, speaking from real life here, um, that my middle school, uh, my seventh grader mentioned, you know, this morning, just kind of, they're starting to get more busy. And part of it is a time management issue. Um, part of it is exploring interest, but middle school is where they are learning to explore and figuring out what interest them, what they like, sports, music, academic. Um, so any just thoughts, advice for middle schoolers, um, what they, you know, things they should keep in mind and how they should do so with an eye toward high school in terms of extracurriculars? Yes, I think it's really important to take the time in middle school to see what activities you have done so far, what have you really enjoyed and what you want to keep doing, because sometimes there are activities like imposed by the parents and I am guilty. I thought that, um, you know, having the kids play violin would be a great idea. And my middle schooler, you know, that just graduated from middle school into high school, like really did never really like the violin, but he played since he was two years old and he played all through. <laughs> and I know that, you know, if he, if he went into high school and played in the orchestra in high school, he was not really gonna enjoy it. And it would take away from classes that he really would enjoy more as elective. So, you know, middle school is a time to say like, okay, like I've tried this for so many years. I really don't enjoy it. I really want to pursue things that I find more enjoyable and then I can be better at. So I think it's, um, and the ones that you do enjoy, like you can take a look at the course catalog and uh, at the clubs that are in your high school and take a look at what you would like to join. And I think that's a really a great way to get you excited about things that you can keep on pursuing while you're, while you're in high school. So what clubs and, um, and what classes you can join, that would be really, really great. And also, I think also when you're in middle schooler, you can also take the time to explore explore things that would take you out of your comfort zone. So if you're a math student and you're really good at math and science, but you're shy, you're um, you're a, more of an introvert, maybe you can explore doing a little bit of theater and taking that that step out of your comfort zone and, um, and learning from that experience where it's like really risk-free and you can just explore it for a little bit while you're more in a risk-free environment before you go into high school. I absolutely agree. And I think what I love about what you said is that emphasis on doing activities that you do find interesting or bring you some joy, because I have had a lot of students in the past choose activities because 
it's what their parents want them to do, or they think it'll look good on a college application and then they're miserable. And then, you know, when you're feeling stressed about going to a club, it's harder to focus on your homework. And so it, it sort of can go into all these different areas. So I do think it's really important to think about what you actually enjoy. Um, I think another thing that's really crucial as you start planning this out in eighth grade, thinking towards the future is thinking a little bit about what is an amount that I can be doing before I'm going to be overscheduling myself? So, you know, a lot of people start working a little bit more in high school. Are you going to get a part-time job? How many classes? How many APs? And then on top of that, how many activities can you be doing? Um, a lot of schools require sports. And so making sure that you're able to do these clubs, but, you know, every single moment of your life isn't an activity or else there's no time even to study. And then, of course, for the other things that are important, like spending time with friends and, you know, just having time to watch TV. It's so true. I think that's um, so true. And then middle school is a good time to kind of, you know, maybe not necessarily the goal is to exactly find that balance, because I think that's always adjusting, right, as you Mm -hmm. grow, but it is a good time to be intentional in thinking about, like, how do I balance, and how do I, and the feeling of, um, and I just had this recent conversation, too, is one is, um, it's okay to let go of things. Um, Certain people feel like, oh, I must, and especially in middle school, I think it's okay to let go of things. So maybe you start a violin at age two, and feeling like, okay, we've reached to the stage. I had this conversation with one of my own. Um, we reached a point where piano was no longer like enjoyable. Um, it was taking up time. She didn't want to spend time with it, practice a long time. And, you know, the conversation was that, okay, we can step away and maybe in a year or two, you want to come back, maybe never, but you know, like it's okay to step away from something, even they've been doing it at this, you know, kind of um, on the other side for them to try something different and even you know whether it's led by interest or just something like check it out it's okay like you know i go to a practice and you know it's it's risk-free if you don't like it i mean i guess the risk it would be just the time spend if you don't like it you don't have to stick with it but at least give it a try because you don't know what it is you know sometimes we the unknown the uncertainty is much more daunting the actual whatever it is um so just kind of checking it out may yield something um interesting. So it's a really good time to explore, time to stop, pause, resume. It's just working out these components so that when they do go to high school, there is a little bit more direction. I don't want high school, you know, ninth grader to feel like, oh, I find figured out in middle school, then, you know, that's the end. No, that's not <laughs> have plenty of time in high school to do that. But it does help to orient a little bit, you know, oh, I really enjoy maybe there was a middle school uh, lit mag, literary magazine. So maybe I want to try writing a little bit more in high school, um, whether or not that continue high school, it's, it's a slightly different conversation, but at least you have some direction um, in kind of going into that. And, and on top of, you know, kind of now that schoolwork is more, there are more classes, you're, you know, you're no longer in a homeroom, but you're moving from different classes, subjects, test dates, different activities. I'm sure, you know, for students who are in sports, they have more practices, more tournaments um, for students who are musicians, you know, just everything's more, if you're in theater, just more to figure out like, okay, what's and Nikki, as you pointed out, what's my capacity? Like um, not everyone runs the same way that they could you know, keep going on. I'm always amazed by the energizer bunnies, but not everyone mm-hmm. is wired to be like that. So uh, kind of figuring out what is my 
almost like my biological, my physiological kind of capacity as well, that I need to sleep, you know, I need to, Hey, just chill. And that rest, the Sabbath is so important to be with friends to, you know, just watch a movie or go off or, you know, a hike or whatever to balance, you know, the, the activities and the academics. So that when you do get to high school, there is already a sense of knowing because high school will just get more busy. And I, you know, my primary, I do work with middle school students, um, but I, you know, work with more high school students and uh, longer too, is that high school just gets busier and busier, you know, mm-hmm. like senior year, seniors are, oh, I'm, I'm amazed at how much, you know, they have to. So, you know, starting that foundation early could definitely help with all the things that will. And then the, what I haven't told all my seniors yet is it kind of continues in college, <laughs> you know, as a professional as well that you, and, and in fact, you probably have more responsibilities and, you know, um, things to, to juggle um, as well. So good time to explore, let your interest lead, but don't be afraid to try something completely new, even if you're uncertain um, and then learn to be intentional in developing those bounds. Um, any final thoughts on like other you know, kind of just really important or what you find very helpful for middle school students to think about work on for parents who are supporting middle school students to kind of consider? Um, yeah, I think, um, I think, you know, like high school is a time where there's going to be like a lot more content, a lot more expectations. So you also have to be very mindful of trying to avoid being burned out. Um, so just thinking about that, this is like, this is a marathon and it's not a sprint. So try to take care of yourself in the process so yeah. that um, so that you have time to sleep. You have, you know, so many things affect mental health, you know, but like you can concentrate on making sure that you're sleeping well, that you're exercising and then you're eating well. So mm-hmm. those three things really affect mental health. So I think if you pay attention to that and make sure that you, um, you know, you manage your time correctly and everything, but that you're also taking care of yourself because you don't want to be, these are really good years of your life and you don't want to be miserable um, trying to just be the best student you can be and not taking care of yourself. Yeah. Everything is a balance, right? And as, as that transition happens from middle to high school, I know I sort of mentioned earlier that it is this, this struggle to figure out independence versus leaning on the people in our lives and the people that are there to help us. And so for a lot of middle schoolers and for a lot of middle schoolers, parents, this is a really stressful time. And it's very scary to think about how different things can be next year. So I like to have my clients just even remember a time or two where they were able to handle a situation by themselves. They were able to use their executive functioning skills really well and get themselves out of a situation, improve a situation, and just have some confidence in themselves that they'll be able to do it because they will. And so... I have faith in everyone listening to this that is preparing for this challenge that they'll be able to do it and just thinking about all the skills they already have and can improve upon to make it the best experience possible. Yeah, so it's just a good point about that kind of the balance between um, growing to be independent, you know, making your decisions um, like about activities and, um, you know, academically, but knowing that there is a support system around you. And this is really, you know, not to feel like I have to do it. You know, you're you're 12, you're 13, you're 11. You, you have a lot of great support around you, adults and your parents, your guardians, your your teachers. They're just a lot. And, and I think that's that's really important. And, 
I'm also reminded um, at our school, we there's a huge emphasis on socio-emotional well-being mm-hmm. that underlying that foundation. I know that middle school, there are a lot of friendship um, movement, <laughs> you know, um, you know, for uh, for all students. So in, in, it, it's that's part of growing up, you know, and it's it's hard when you're going through it. Um, but that social and emotional uh, well-being, a lot of it, it is tied to like diet and um, sleep and all those, um, but relationally as well. So it is a holistic process and, um, and not just discrete pockets of like, oh, your schoolwork and um, your extracurriculars and your friends and family, but they all do tie together. And so, um, and figuring out how this work for you individually as a student, as family together, um, this is a great time, sixth, seventh and eighth grade, these middle school years to, um, and I, I, you know, I love one of the educators I know who says, um, you know, mistakes are okay. And this is a great time and mistakes are okay across life. It's always a good learning experience, always to reiterate that, but especially in middle school, um, it's very low stake. It's soft landing, um, lots of support. And so this is a great time to try different things, figure it out, how it works, develop strong habits. Um, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm excited. I, whenever I talk to middle school educators, they love this age, you know, all of its challenges and um, all those fun parts um, and, you know, and enjoy those years too um, as students transition to high school. Um, any final thoughts, um, you know, from Lorenza, from Licky, um to all the students and parents who might be listening? Um, no, I think that the most important thing for me is that self-care and that, um, you know, taking care of yourself and making sure that you're socializing, exercising, sleeping, and try to enjoy those middle school years while you build up the skills to be successful in high school. Mm-hmm. I think everything we've mentioned today is really helpful. I also think, you know, for parents listening, maybe thinking about how to model some of these skills to the kids and help them through this process can be really important. Um, and just encouraging and and really emphasizing confidence they'll be able to do it, you know, excitement about this next step on the journey, because going to high school is also a really exciting, fun thing. That's absolutely. The modeling is very important. So that's a good reminder for myself. <laughs> as, um, as I, you know, wear my counselor hat and wear my parent hat as well. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in to Just Admitted. Catch up on all of our uh, previous episodes by visiting our podcast page and be sure to bookmark our Ivy Wise Knowledge base for additional help with navigating the complex and competitive admissions process. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok for more college prep resources. And stay tuned for our next episode in which we will share advice on how students can have a relaxing, the balance we were talking about, yet productive (laughs) break. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much.